Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. These things we write to you that your joy may be full. It's the first reason why John wrote this letter, that your joy may be full. Did you know, give me your attention, did you know that God wants you to be joyful? Did you know that? God wants you to be full of joy. In today's message, Pastor Dan will explain that there are four reasons why John writes the letter of 1 John. One of the reasons is found in chapter 1, verse 4, where John writes that your joy may be full. Pastor Dan will go on to explain that God wants you to be full of joy, and that joy is produced in the believer by the Holy Spirit as you abide in Christ. Psalm 1611 says that in your presence is fullness of joy. Joy isn't based on your circumstances, but it is a result of your relationship with Jesus. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 1 John as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 1. We finished 2 Peter last week. It's always, always fun to start a new book of the Bible. 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full." First um, John uh, was written by the Apostle John, uh, and the Apostle John was the last surviving apostle. Uh, if you remember, Judas uh, betrayed the Lord and then committed suicide, and then the other apostles, they all died as martyrs for their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, John was the only apostle who lived into old age, and he, he was the only apostle left Uh, when he wrote 1 John. Uh, John lived well into his 90s. Some believe he may have even lived uh, to over the age of 100. Uh, He he wrote this epistle late in his life, near the end of the first century. Uh, So as John pens this epistle, as he pens this letter, you know, 60 years have gone by. 
Since Jesus ascended back to heaven, the church is 60 years old at, at this point. That, that first generation has passed away. John's the last one. Uh, and I think it, it's worth noting for us um, that all of John's writings were the last writings given to us by the Holy Spirit. John's gospel was the last of the gospels that was penned. Uh, his epistles are the last of the epistles. And, of course, the book of Revelation is the last word from God to man. And so these are, these are the last words of God to us. Henry Ironside said of John's writings, God kept the best wine until the last. Huh. That's true. First John is a wonderful book, as you're going to see. And God's got a real blessing for us in this book. And what, what I want to do today um, is not... Not do our typical verse-by-verse study, uh, but do more of an, an overview of 1 John, kind of an introduction to 1 John, and then we'll dig in verse-by-verse starting uh, next week. But just to kind of give you an, an introduction to the whole book, um, as, we, as we read through 1 John, we're going to discover that there are certain words that John likes to use uh, over and over throughout this book. One word that John likes to use is the word believe. John writes to us about the things that we believe as Christians. For example, if you turn over to chapter 3, this is just one example. Chapter 3, verse 23, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he gave us commandment. So, So believe what we believe. Uh, is a big theme in 1 John. Another word uh, that John likes to use is the word light. It talks about how God is light, how we're to walk in the light. Look at, look at chapter 1, uh, verse 5. Uh, this is the message that we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all our sin. And so he talks a lot about light, light and darkness, walking in the light. Uh, Another word uh, that John uses a lot is the word love. He's, He's known as the apostle of love, in fact. He uses the word love a lot. If you turn over to chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You see how often he's using the word love in that passage. So love is a big theme here. Um, Another word that John uses is the word know. Know, as in knowledge. Uh, We're going to see the phrase, we know 
and you know used several times in this letter. In fact, John uses the word know 32 times in this letter. It's only five chapters long. And he uses the word know 32 times in those five chapters. He has a lot to say about what we know. What we know about Jesus Christ, what we know to be true about Jesus, what we know to be true for us as his disciples. Now, why does he say so much about what we know? Well, the reason that John says so much about what we know to be true is because the truth was under attack in his day. Not unlike today. Uh, The truth was under attack. False doctrine was introduced into the churches and it was spreading through the churches and the truth was being eroded. And so John wrote this letter in part to correct those errors about Jesus Christ and what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to correct those errors that were gaining a foothold in much of the church. Now, just to give you kind of a a, a history lesson, so try not to doze off over the next few minutes. Uh, the, these false doctrines were introduced into the church by a group that became known as the Gnostics. Uh, the Gnostics. So there's the Greek word uh, gnosis, knowledge. Uh, and so the Gnostics were a group of people. Uh, the word Gnostic, it means to have knowledge. And the Gnostics were a group of people that, that claimed to have special knowledge or a superior knowledge, a superior understanding of the scriptures, a superior knowledge of, of Jesus Christ, a superior insight uh, into the Christian life. There's, there's Gnostics still today. Uh, we don't call them Gnostics uh, anymore. Now we call them bloggers and things like that, but uh, they, they still have them. Uh, there's still people... Uh, who claim to have, you know, just this special kind of divine revelation or special understanding of the Bible that, that no one else seems to have, that God has only revealed it to them or to their group. Uh, the, the cults that knock on your door and want to give you a magazine, uh, they're Gnostics. They claim to have a special understanding of Jesus Christ and a special revelation uh, and a special understanding of the Bible. And you can, only, you can only gain that knowledge by attending their Bible study or being part of their, their, their group. Um, again, you find them on the Internet. You find them on YouTube and, and, and that kind of thing. I was talking to a, a friend of mine last week who's a pastor here locally, and he was sharing this story with me about a guy in his church that he pastors, um, who emailed him about a particular passage of Scripture. Uh, And this guy in his email said that he, the guy writing the email, he and the Apostle Paul are the only two people who have interpreted this passage of Scripture correctly. Isn't that crazy? You believe that? That in all of church history... Only the Apostle Paul and a guy from Glen Burnie knows the accurate interpretation of that passage of Scripture. That's a Gnostic. 
Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. So John talks a lot about what we know because he's combating this false teaching 32 times. He's going to say, we know you know this. We know this. John is like a, a, an attorney presenting a case in this letter. Here are the facts of the case. Here is what we know to be true. And we're going to see that John uses a, phrases like, if we say, or he that says, or if a man says, and when John uses that phrase, he, he, is, he is taking on the false teachings of the Gnostics head on when he uses that phrase. It's very similar to what Jesus does in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus says, you have heard it said, but I say to you. And when Jesus said, you have heard it said, he is correcting the teachings of the religious leaders. They were the ones saying it that way. And he was saying, you have heard it said by the religious leaders. But I say to you, here's the correct interpretation of it. And John does a similar thing here when when he says, if we say or or if someone says. And he's he's correcting these false teachers. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Because I know that you're on the edge of your seat with this. (laughs) The Gnostics, one of the the teachings of the Gnostics is, uh, was that uh, that man has a, a physical body and a spirit, which is true. That man is a physical being and man is a spiritual being. And the Gnostics taught that the physical body and the spirit were, were separate, also true. But what, what the Gnostics also taught was what you do in your physical body doesn't really matter. Because the physical body is temporal. It's going to die. It's going to be buried in the ground. Your spirit is your real you. Your spirit is the part of you that's eternal. And so the Gnostics said, what you do in the physical body, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have any impact on your spirit. It doesn't affect you spiritually or eternally. And by the way, there are people that have that same theology today. There are people that that name the name of Christ, they claim to be a Christian, say, I'm a Christian, but then they go on and live however they want to live. That's Gnosticism. They they, they make uh, almost, without even realizing, they're making a distinction between the physical and the spiritual. And so the Gnostics essentially were giving people a license to live however they want. And saying it, it doesn't matter. You, you're, you're still, you know, you still can have eternal life and live however you want. So look with me at First John chapter two. John's going to confront this head on. First John chapter two, verse four. 
He says, he who says, that's, that's that phrase, he who says, I know him, or I'm a Christian, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. That's what you call clarity. <laughs> Johnson, let me be real clear about this. He who says, I'm a Christian, but then doesn't keep his commandments, is not a Christian. He's a liar. The truth is not in him. Remember, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do the things I tell you to do? That's John confronting these, these false teachings here. Now, John gives us in this letter, he gives us four reasons why he writes this letter. And I want to look at those four reasons together. I love it when, when books of the Bible give us very clear explanations like this. And he gives us very clear reasons why he writes this letter. The first one uh, is in chapter 1, verse 4. Chapter 1, verse 4, where he says, And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. That's the first reason why John wrote this letter. That your joy may be full. Did you know, give me your attention, did you know that God wants you to be joyful? Did you know that? God wants you to be full of joy. Now, if, you're, if you're a Christian and you're always kind of, you know, just, just bummed out all the time about life and you're super negative about life and you're always kind of, you know, woe is me. You know, if you're like Eeyore, you know, Eeyore Christian. God doesn't want you to be Eeyore. If you're not joyful, read First John. Read First John, because it says, these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So read First John. Oh, Pastor Dan, but I've read First John and I'm, I'm, still, I'm still bummed out. Read it again. Keep reading it. In fact... 1 John's only five chapters. You can read the whole book in about 15 minutes. I timed it yesterday. And I challenge you to read 1 John, the entire book, every day for the next month. And see how it affects your joy. See if your joy doesn't increase. He says, these things were written to you that your joy may be full. Now, let me say, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Don't confuse those two. Happiness is circumstantial. Uh, if, if, if circumstances are good, you're happy. But if your circumstances suddenly change for the worse, well, then your happiness goes away. Your happiness disappears. So, so joy is different from happiness. Joy transcends your circumstances. And you probably know Christians, we have Christians here in this, in this congregation, in this church family, who, who are going through and have experienced really rough circumstances, and yet they still have joy. Their circumstances don't uh, affect their joy. You know, there's, a, there's a great illustration of this in the Old Testament uh, you don't have to turn there because it's in the book of Habakkuk. <laughs> you know, and we've got lunch today. So, uh, so I'll just read it to you, if I can find it. Uh, Habakkuk, uh, chapter 3, verse 17. Though the fig tree may not blossom, 
nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. What Habakkuk is describing there, the fig trees have no blossom, there's no fruit on the vine, the olive uh, harvest fails, the fields yield no food, the flock is cut off, there's no herd in the stall. Circumstances are as worse or as terrible as they possibly could be. And yet, I'll rejoice in the Lord. I'll rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Here's what the Bible says about joy. First of all, it says it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Joy is something that the Holy Spirit produces in the, in the believer as you simply abide in Christ and simply spend time with Him and walk with Him and yield to Him. The Holy Spirit will produce joy in you. Another thing the Bible says about joy, it says that joy is a natural outcome of our fellowship with God. In Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Joy is just a natural outcome from from fellowship with God, from spending time in His presence, spending time with Him. Another verse for you, Psalm uh, 21, verse 6. Uh, There it says, You have made Him most blessed forever. You have made Him exceedingly glad with your presence. Just exceedingly glad with the presence of the Lord. Here's another one, Isaiah 61, uh, verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For, here's why, for He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. He says, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. Why? Because he saved me. Because of my salvation. Because he's, he's robed me with his righteousness. He's covered up my unrighteousness with his righteousness. He asked me how I That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continued his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of 1 John. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you never miss an edition of this program. Every time we post something new, you'll be notified. We'd love to hear from you, too, and learn how Ring of Truth has impacted your life. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you, too. And if God's doing something wonderful, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. 
Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Tune in next time to learn more from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dan, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.